Mad Messiah, the fourth cycle, Saving Jonah, Fragment, Irish Catholic. We come with spiteful news after years of dread, eager to accuse the starving dead. Defiantly we sing and walk the winding road towards some distant reckoning. We turn our backs on shame, and with grim, unbending code, we find an enemy to blame. Fourth Cycle, Poem 1 My Voice On that sweet afternoon of banishment, before the misery began, I brush the cool and friendly grass of paradise with naked feet, until the woman and the man raise their heads and watch me pass. She makes a loud lament. He roars with righteousness and heat. Adam and Eve undo my covenant. They shut me out from paradise. I offer nourishment, happy to keep their life secure, but they will not recognize my ways. As separation turns to strife. I know a man who has no child. He leaves his father's home and follows me on a journey to a distant land. I promise children, like grains of sand on the shore. And years go by frustratingly till Abraham is reconciled to famine and war and the parting of ways, and he and his wife become withered and ancient of days. He cuts his ancient foreskin with a knife, and his ancient childless wife cackles with helpless tears at being pleasured after all these years, and this time giving birth from my mountain High above the earth comes my covenant, my voice. My word leads Israel. My people rejoice. They offer sacrifice and speak of mystery. They build a temple to my name, and in a courteous and priestly game, chosen ones seek high serenity. They turn their face from inconvenience, abandoning my ways for love of gold and smiling dominance. The hurt runs deep. I will drive them from the land. I long to let my fury blaze and call down death and make the children weep. But I hold back my hand, tired, after a stooping day with wood and stone and passing words of play, you come to wash your feet and take your food, and with a blessing on this neighborhood, you lie down to sleep and hear me whispering of how these days will end. I call my Nazarene. I send him with no staff, no rucksack, 
naked feet through the gates of death where he will greet the silent ruins of hate and fear. The Fourth Cycle Poem 2 The Friendly Waves I hear you calling me to cry out in your name. So I take leave of Israel, but not for another, that place of shame and smiling villainy. I cross the friendly waves to dwell in some safe and distant land, where I will block my ears from your regrettable command. And in the lonely passing years, I will curse the Ninevite. My prayer will come before you every night. I call down melting heat to torch their flaxen hair and stain their shirts with blood and make their marching feet shrivel in mid-air. May their flesh turn into slime like some half-formed creaturehood ripped out before its time. If I stand among the towering heights and mindless luxury and wild excess and warn those Ninevites that you have full measurement of all their wickedness, will you guarantee swift and painful punishment? I fear you may relent and foolishly destroy the only comfort of my small and conquered race. The sweet joy of proudly guarded hate. For the sake of Israel, I make this play from across the soothing swell of the placid sea. Loathing needs the hope, the likelihood of gnashing teeth and dripping blood. The Fourth Cycle, Poem 3 The Twelve in the slowly moving flood he stands beneath the darkening sky and lays bare with rugged art and haunted eye the longing and the lies of the heart. The wicked and the good all come to Jordan's bank. They confess and let their grief be washed away. Follow in their steps, and like a stray and curious child, listen as they groan. For their sake I would go with death into the realm of nothingness, but every movement, every breath of theirs depends on mine, so stand alone and be my champion. Wrestle with me in the sand. And let my love on earth break free Among the hills and valleys of this land And on the stony paths of Galilee Gather the twelve and watch them Boast aloud of how Jerusalem will hail your warriors Take those champions And bring them far from the gaze of the admiring crowd To Genazareth's inviting shores Pay your fare and climb into the boat and with the water's rhythm fall asleep and rest 
until the waves leap high and grimacing and fear grips their throat. Fourth Cycle, Poem 4, The Storm The haunting eloquence of terror in the captain's frown awakens reverence. I pray that we might not drown. The sailors seek a reason for our fate, and in their lottery my name is drawn. They summon me to state my country and my hidden shame. I tell of how you made both sea and land, and how you wait for them to cast me out into the angry deep. The oars move eager and fast as they row toward the nearby strand, but the waves grow wilder still. They stop and weep, and praying that it be no crime to kill a man of Israelite blood, they honour your mysterious ways. They cast me out into the sea, and as I sink, I hear the harmony of mourners in sweet brotherhood, making vows and singing praise. The Fourth Cycle Poem 5. The Rock With startled frown, your companions shake you from sleep as Genazareth turns pitiless. Rebuke their fear and calm the deep. Let the wind and sky grow still. The waves lie down. On firm dry land, the victory parade is soiled, the nakedness of demons calling out your name. Do what they ask. Let them command two thousand swine with strangled cries to leap into a watery grave. She has touched you with her twelve-year shame of blood, yet you speak her praise as your companions with disdainful eyes recoil from her polluted ways. They call on you to save a twelve-year-old with healing power, and you arrive at death's appointed hour. They scorn your talk of reawakening until the child, with life restored, fulfills your word. In rival pairs they bring good news and proudly speak your name and the blind and the lepers and the lame spread the word and sing their gratitude. Lead them, laughing with bewilderment, to a quiet place of rest. But solitude is soon undone as ragged bands of pilgrims queue for nourishment. Bless and break the bread as ancient love spills from your weary hands and the hungry crowd is fed. Where eagles fly among the stony hills of Caesarea Philippi, your perplexing ways have caught the breath of a swaggering and loud and restless fisherman. He has seen you block the power of storms, of demons and of death. He has seen you tremble like a flame before the unrelenting crowd. He longs to be your champion. He speaks your name. Call him 
Kephas, Peter, Rock. The Fourth Cycle, Poem 6, The Ninevite Sinking Boat The water and the weeds around my face draw me down into the deep, into that cold and haunted place where icy fingers creep along my careworn skin. Terror-stricken thoughts begin their unwavering climb to life and breath and light above the surface. Silvery white and wavering in the sun, I long to see this one last time, your holy temple in Jerusalem. As I raise my outstretched arms, my Saviour smile and haul me in and greet me with well-practised charms and lock the trapdoor overhead in the Ninevite sinking boat. Like a shark in search of prey, it plunges to the dark into the canyons of the dead. For three whole days and nights they grin and whisper in the strange half-light, and when they jeeringly invite me to take leave of my imprisonment, your friendly hand begins to raise me up, and on the waiting shore, when I tumble in the sand, I laugh with wild astonishment. I offer thanks and bow before the God of Israel. At your command, my life, my hands, my feet, my hunger, sing your praise. Fourth Cycle, Poem 7, Drawing Apart Peter dreams impatiently of how Jerusalem will rise and cheer our wild conspiracy. But he grows pale with fear on learning how the city will become an engine of your defeat and of your rising when the journey is complete. Climb with Peter, James and John to this high place of solitude where two good men of wounded song will tame their attitude. Moses hears the angry murmuring on the journey to the promised land. They curse him for their blistered feet and the cruel midday heat and bitter suffering. Elijah seeks my hand in his cavern of despair after slaughtering his enemies. I lead him gently through the desert air and touch him in the silent breeze. You stand in vivid and unearthly light as Peter makes his wide-eyed plea to build three dwellings on this holy ground. The ancient sound of fatherly delight fills your friends with dread. Weave your troubled way down into the dead-eyed crowd where foaming mouth and quaking head lie bereft and grey in their grimy shroud. The twelve, with claims to proud command and hidden sword held high, scorn the traitor's hand, and when the child comes passing by, you hold him close and gently speak of welcome for the foolish and the weak. 
Tell them how my love must be as it is spoken at the start. No divorce, no drawing apart. The words lie awkwardly. Your friends all fear your foolishness and you are solemnly advised as the newly chosen king to make your smile unwavering and your voice an unfamiliar sound. The cheerful and despised and friendly horde gather round with little ones for you to bless. Your friendly arms defy all frowning reverence. A youth approaches with the elegance of privilege. You greet him tenderly as the twelve politely note is measured and remote and serenely winning ways. They dream contentedly of noble brows and smiling influence until the young man's folly is revealed by your disquieting gaze. Now go and lead the lurching dance into Jerusalem's high festival where enemies will proudly shed your blood and you will close your eyes in death. And on the third day, rise. Fourth Cycle, Poem 8, Forty Days Night and day has come and gone Amid the gleaming towers And cool conceit of Nineveh In threadbare alleyways Long hidden from the sun I walk with fervent feet Among the painted masks And tangled roots I call your name And speak your praise from kingdoms near and far they come to Nineveh, their shining star. Among the silent shoots rising from the ancient ground before the city gates, they make a prayer, a pining sound, that they might live contentedly and offer sacrifice within her walls. The city's welcoming recalls how the monster of the deep awaits the shimmering multitude with lazy open mouth. Invitingly, Ninevite legions sweep and sway and scour the earth for victory and food with marching banners on display, a monster's head with monster's teeth. Among the city's sights, I stand and gaze. I hear the streets and laneways seethe, and I am silent, overjoyed at being made your messenger of light. Who will curb the heedless appetite of this brazen city and her crime? I raise my voice this one last time. Your folly shall end in forty days. In forty days shall Nineveh be destroyed. Fourth Cycle, Poem 9, The Anointed One you lay your story bare and proudly speak my name and watch the scholars with their artful game frown with distaste. They do not care to hear this talk. They will not say the word and what will not be said cannot be heard. Tell that tale of tenants in a tower welcoming the owner's son. They strike him down hidden by the ripening vines, and seize the long-desired inheritance. 
The scholars know they are accused. They glower, and with half-buried signs of raw malevolence, they smile and choose to leave, lest they might lose the joy of popular esteem. With a different kind of smile, they come with Herod's men, and yet another scheme for your demise, once again with clenching teeth and laboured breath. They leave with empty hands, their guile on stark display, and in their eyes your death. When scholars gather, rivalry is sweet. The rivals hear your news and come to raise their brow and appraise your views. What will happen to those hands, those feet, that voice, and those arresting eyes? When death comes, how will your proud body rise again? They pose a question smilingly. If seven brothers die, and each in turn has wed the self-same wife, who will take her for eternity? You cheerfully reply that nobody will miss the elusive ways of married bliss and the ecstasy of risen life. In one last reckoning, speak of the Anointed One and ask your questioners, whose son is he? As they name the shepherd king, remind them all of David's song about the son whom he calls Lord. Watch them leave with your unwanted word in their ears like a booming gong. Fourth Cycle Poem 10, Rags of Death In the panic-stricken hall, their eyes are on the king. I see him rising from his throne to set aside his lavish robe and call for ugly itching rags and for the pale forbidding ash of death. He stands alone and in the habit of command he calms the high-pitched wail, the fretful whispering. His words go far and wide. All born of woman and all progeny of herd and flock shall take no food or drink. Let sackcloth's bristly covering wrap the smoothest skin, the roughest hide. Let all now turn from death and blood and cruel ways and with a heartfelt plea cry out to God, I am the king. Throughout the city, when the news is heard, they speak with happy puzzlement of how they have foreseen the king's decree. Every detail, every word, with sackcloth and the agony of hunger and the parched tongue. It is a worthy measurement of how both king and people are as one in their sweet, repentant ways. You called me to cry out that all would end in 40 days, but Nineveh has learnt to dress in rags of death and miserably shout your name. They slyly surrender their fate to your besotted foolishness, and you perversely choose to kiss their crime and place its punishment on me. I have become the innocent and wretched carrier of wicked news. Mercy on this people whom I hate. 
Fourth Cycle, Poem 11, Shining Through. When the fig falls like a tear to earth, and from these muddy origins the tree takes root, and the tip of the twig is tender with life, the end is near, the hour begins, the time is ripe. In that proud fellowship of admiration and contented sighs, your friends gaze at my house, my earthly home. Tell them of the day when this temple, stone by stone, lies forsaken on the ground. Haunted prophets pray with wild accusing eyes amid their trembling followers. They greet the starving mouths, the rumours and deceit with frowning righteousness. But those who hear your voice, your gentle sound, wait in peace as warring kingdoms groan. Once friendly faces howl your name with treachery and lawlessness as your friends are handed over, called to the accusing microphone. They feel no hurt, no shame. Your breath is guiding them. The nations hear. Good news is taking root. Weep for Jerusalem. Hold beneath those slouching wings by which the holy is defiled. Abandon the city. Flee to the hills as vultures appear with eager eye and dangling fruit. And the mother clings to her wailing child as the cup of lamentation fills. The moon and stars are fallen from the sky, the gentle dreams undone, and all can hear the resolute cry of the faithful champion. Rise and see my madness shining through in victory. Fourth Cycle, Poem 12, Brazen Jewel I knew it then, so long ago, when I still lived in my own land. It was the reason I took flight from your command. You are too slow in anger and too weak in punishment. You let your mercy flow with too much ease. Your foolish ways invite contempt. When you respond with calm, forgiving, sweet humility, it is beyond my weary heart. The world goes bleak. I might as well be dead as go on living. Did you not fill my veins with crimson blood, and have I not the right to nurse my people's wounds and hate their enemies? Receive my prayer, my solemn curse. Am I not the creature of your heart? In your justice, may it please the great Lord Adonai to take my part and let your hand with fire and raging flood strike Nineveh with fear and pain. I leave the city by the eastern gate to build a shelter from the sun. Here I sit and watch and wait till Nineveh, that loathsome stain upon the earth, is gone. In the lazy noonday light, a lonely stem is reaching timidly above the dry and stony ground, spreading playful leaves and blissful shade. 
above me. Through the hours of night it stands, I curl contentedly. The city's wild and mocking sound is softened in the dark and made into a distant lullaby. These eyes, half open to the lonely sky of dawn, see a shadow hovering with unkind and patient skill. With rising fury and distress and dark bewilderment, I see my leafy shelter withering and bowed to earth as if for burial. The torturing sun begins to climb till it brands my head with punishment. I curse your ways, unfathomable, cruel, unnatural, and all-forgiving. Why go on living when Nineveh, that brazen jewel, sits in her foul crime? Fourth Cycle, Poem 13, Love's Cry Take and bless the bread, the cup. Tenderness is resting on the tongue with simple touch, and on the lips, your blood, all barriers removed. Let them taste how you have loved. Peter rises, wavering on his feet and frowning ardently until you meet his eye on this last night of liberty. The ageless, unrelenting flood comes to whispering Gethsemane with sweat like drops of blood. Judas comes to kiss your cheek, and on this evil hour he slyly takes his leave as you are led away among the watching crowds. The high priest calls on you to speak. Tell him you will come with power like sunshine on the morning clouds, and watch him tear at his well-tailored sleeve, enraged by your blasphemous display. Pilate cannot understand your silence. A wave of his hand could save your life, but how can he ignore the high priest's hatred and the mob's wild roar? Simon of Serene knows all too well how the whip may soon begin to lash his hide with accusing stare and recoiling from the smell. He grips the wood and lifts the weight from your stooped raw skin. Your executioners reach out with care to take your clothing as a well-earned fee. They cruelly raise you up and wait. For the thrill of the naked scream. You hear the women's voices distantly, as in some half-forgotten dream. And when the torment is complete, silent mourners come to hide your lifeless body, pale and crucified under a linen sheet. Fourth Cycle, Poem 14 why? I had begun to bless your name once more. My defeat was heartened by your friendly shade. So why have you betrayed my final shred of happiness? When you called me out of Israel, why could I not travel to some sweet and distant land to hide? Why could you not let me drown when I fell into the stormy sea? Why was I found by smirking enemies 
And when my voice warned Nineveh about the wrath to come, why did you listen to their flood of whining misery? Why do you rejoice at the mournful, bleeding sound of sinners seeking unearned peace? Some strange madness makes you want to rid this cruel world of punishment. Why did you allow my hopes to turn into a putrid source of grief? When you watch your creatures and lament their twisted ways, why do you care for their sorrows and count every hair on their heads? Why not let them burn and fade away? The blessing, the relief of punishment would bring such ease. Why do you not turn your face from this desolate land where I share hatred with my enemies? Why do you come into this poisoned place? Why do you hold out your hand? Fourth Cycle, Poem 15 The End of Days With spices for your feet and face They weep and bless at your final resting place and as the softly rising sun lays bare the emptiness, the story has begun. The women tell their news, and like a stone, it falls into the void, where men and women feed on cruelty, and miserably groan, and contempt is bitingly enjoyed. Go down into the belly of the deep, where stooping shadows keep all hope at bay with bleak forbidding eyes. Stand among the carriers of hate and boast about your merchandise. Shout like a bragging street trader when the hour is late. Eat my flesh, drink my blood, good drink, finest food. A furrowed brow looks on. Take his hand. And greet my servant Jonah. Be the rising sun, the long-awaited food and drink to end his lone midwinter's night. In the blink of a playful eye, invite the world to battle Jonah's rage. Walk round him roguishly, wage war on his hatred. Prance like David in his wayward dance till the tightly held spear jabs your side at the end of days. Jonah and his enemies appear with naked feet. They meet at your wedding feast and watch you raise the cup of memory and thought and much-loved liberty sought with tears and blood. They gather round as burning wounds and long-remembered harms are cast aside by the enchanting sound of those who greet my foolish fatherhood, my laughing eyes, my eagerly opening arms. <laughs>